Louise Cooney's Open Book, a Go Loud original podcast. You are very welcome back to season two of Open Book presented by Go Loud. I'm Louise Cooney and I'm so delighted to be back. This season on Open Book, we are all about honest chats, life lessons and what success really looks like. Sharing experiences like persevering through grief, some steps to creating your dream life, and of course, the all-important tips for setting boundaries. I've got a great lineup of interviews, including friends, well-known personalities, and authors that I'm so excited to share with you. And we are kickstarting season two today with my lovely friend, Rachel Gary. When Rachel's husband was diagnosed with cancer in 2018, she began sharing their journey online and has continued to be open and honest with her followers about the grief she experienced in the wake of his untimely death. Rachel has since launched her own clothing brand, aligned the label, and has shown amazing strength going through it all. Each week on Open Book, we have open and honest chats about life, and this week with Rachel was no different. I really hope you enjoy. So I suppose we'll start at the beginning with your childhood and your relationship with your husband. I know you met him like quite young. Yeah. You were 12, weren't you? I was, yeah. So I was from Dublin Mm. and I moved from Dublin to Offaly when I was 12. And Daniel and a couple of lads knocked on the door and asked, was I coming out to play? Oh my God. I know, it's a long time ago now. What are the chances? Yeah. Like? Oh my God. Seen him every day since then, playing out and road football and yeah. and different things. It does feel like a lifetime when you say it like that, because Lee is 12 now, my eldest daughter. And I'm like, gosh, she's the same age that now mad. that I was when I met I know, Daniel. It's yeah. crazy. And you started going out then when you were 16? 16, yeah. Wow. Took him long enough. <laughs> <laughs> and what age did you get married? 21. Oh my God, so young. Yeah, we got married when we were 21. So we had Leah, I was just turning 20 and then he proposed when she was a few months old and we got married the following year. I always said, no, I'll have a long engagement. I was (laughs) engaged and married next year. (laughs) Well, I mean, you started your family and like, like how nice is it that you had all that time and you bit so much into his short amount of time. Well, thank God. Like people do say, oh, and you didn't get to travel and do you regret having kids so young? But now I'm obviously delighted because of everything that has happened and like we did we did do so much in mm-hmm. the short time that we had together so yeah yeah I'm very grateful I know and I'm like I feel like your life has obviously changed so much but what were you doing before you were blogging and all of you know all of the so it used to be stuff? um I used to be a carer which I absolutely oh. loved loved doing that and um, I was doing that when Leah was small and then sure when you have more kids it just wasn't feasible so yeah, I had yeah. to leave and stay home and had the kids and then when Hannah went to play school mm. wanted to get back out to work so I went into interior design I just loved interior design That's when I started following you I remember my, my friend Aideen do you know Aideen? Yeah She's like oh you need to follow Rachel Gary she's got this home account and she showed me and I remember looking I was like oh my god this is fab Go Like all your stuff so I remember following and you were like you were only kind of oh, just starting after, off then yeah. like, I was like oh I need to follow her A few pictures of lamps and I know things. but then it was like it was the pole, like, there was a lot of like, it was contrasting stuff. So it was the houses and the gorgeous stuff, the, you know, interiors. And then you were also sharing what was going on with Daniel as well. And yeah, it was just so, it was so heartbreaking to watch from a distance. I hadn't met you. I don't think I met you until after COVID probably. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the reasons why Daniel wanted me to set up the page was maybe to stop talking to him in the hospital and melt in his head. Because mm. um, we were spending obviously so much time in the hospital. He was like, you should set up. Because I was been talking about setting up. But then I, I don't know what was holding me back. And you know, you don't want to seem silly or people might say, mm. what's she doing setting up mm. the page? So I kind of never did. And he just pushed me to do it. But I think that was just more so he'd get a bit of peace, <laughs> peace and quiet. <laughs> yeah, and it just all kind of went from there. 
Yeah, I'm sure he was so proud, like watching you do that and going after it and keeping yourself busy with it, like, you know. But that's it. And then slagging me and uh, every opportunity that he, that he mm-hmm. got because I was so nervous to come on and speak. Yeah. Like it was a long time before I would come on and speak. It was just pictures at the start. Mm-hmm. And then it's slow. Now you can't get me to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that because you're just so open and you're so honest with your followers and you could just chat away and be totally yourself. Yeah, I have got, I have. I still get a bit nervous though, I have to say. I'm sure he'd be so proud of oh, you. Oh, thanks, Louise. I can I hope on so. to talk as well, though. Like Do you? The only one. I sometimes have to record things ten times before I'm like, okay, that that looks okay. <laughs> you know, that sounds right. You know, yeah. you start picking it apart yourself. You almost. do second guessing yourself with everything. Yeah, he'd be so proud of you. Oh, to see thank you. How far you've come with it all? Like, you know, you've done so well for yourself. I would love to see what he'd think or what he'd. I'm sure. I mean, he's watching from above. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. How long was he sick for? He was sick for eighteen months. So so quick. It was. Yeah. They Just didn't like, actually even think that he would last that long because obviously. When he was diagnosed and we got the scan, it was in six places. So it was obviously. And did he have any any like signs other than like when he was in pain? No, he. Do you know he started as like acid reflux, like heartburn, and he kind of didn't think that for for a while. And then he was getting kind of stomach pain. Mm. And I remember went, reading that he was in Portugal. Yeah, you were in Portugal together. We on were, holidays, yeah, yeah, on holidays. Before we went to Portugal, he was getting just went to the doctor like gut infection, antibiotics. You just wouldn't think anything of something like that. Not when you're the age that he was, mm. like t- in his 20s, like you just never think. And the type of cancer that he had was an old man's cancer. Like the doctor said, you would very rarely see this in anyone under the age of 40. Like it's practically unheard of. Mm. So they just kept giving him antibiotics for a gut infection. And then it wasn't until we went over to Portugal and we were like two days in. He were the kids like, with you? Leah was with us. Okay. My, the two smallest were at home with my mum and Daniel's parents were with us, thank God. And he was passing blood. He was very unwell. And we had to go to the to the hospital. And that's where they said, look, he's bleeding internally and he could die. We think he has cancer, but we can't take a biopsy because obviously that could make him bleed more. We need to get him stable so you can get him home. So it was eight days in the hospital in Portugal before they let us fly home. It must home. have been difficult with the language barrier. It that? was very difficult. Yeah. You know, they were really, really lovely, but it was very it was very hard because we didn't understand some of the mm. things that they were saying. And then, you know, at home they were saying they can't say that they think he has cancer because they didn't do a biopsy that's unheard of. Mm. But obviously because it was so bad, they obviously knew by by looking at, mm-hmm. you know, what it was, that it was cancer. But and that was 2018, right? Yeah. And then he died in 2020. Yeah. Like it, like with COVID and everything, you just lose track of time. But You really do. Like, Does that feel like a long time ago or does it feel like... Sometimes it feels like 10 years ago. And then sometimes it feels like only yesterday. I think when you look at the girls, like even just for, like I haven't met your, your gorgeous daughters, but yeah. they look like they've grown so much. They have. You know? Like I was looking at the family photograph of Leah's communion mm. and they're all the kids are so small, like yeah. Hannah was three. And now I'm looking at them all. Leah's taller than me. The girls are nearly my height. Holly's making her communion now. Leah's mm. making her confirmation. Like I'm just, I can't get over in such a short period of time mm. how how much they've grown and how much he's missed in three years. And do they ask about him all the time? All the time. Like, we talk about him every single day. That's We're so, so good, isn't it? Like, I think it's important because I never wanted them to feel like we can't bring up daddy because mammy's going to get sad. So he's the topic of her and we laugh about him and we cry about him too. But mainly it's all positive memories mm-hmm. and... Stuff. What about the youngest? Does she remember a lot? Or? To be honest with you, she kind of struggles the most which is very surprising to me because she was only three when he passed. But then I think, like, Daniel obviously wasn't working. Basically, Daniel was sick her whole life. Spent a lot of time with him. She spent all her time mm. with him. 
And then I don't know whether it's my memories and the videos that we have that's keeping her memories alive. But she talks about like she he was there just yesterday, which I love. So I don't know whether she really remembers or if it's I'm just keeping the memories alive. Mm. But yeah, she yeah, they all they all remember and talk about them every single day. Oh, that's so nice. It is lovely, yeah. It's hard to cope at the same time though, because when they're so young and you're trying to deal with your own grief. Yeah. And it can be keep quite the show difficult. on the road for the girls, like, you know. Yeah. How do you manage that? With great difficulty sometimes. Um, like my family are fantastic. Yeah. You know, they know if I'm struggling that they can step in or I know I can always ask for help, which is brilliant. I think you just have to keep going. Daniel also wrote me letters. So when I'm having a really bad day, if I'm really struggling, I will get my letter. I will read what he wanted and his wishes and different things. And I think only for them mm. keeps me going. I realise, right, he always used to say, just because my life ended, yours still has to go on. He said, I want the girls to grow up in a happy home. I don't want them to go, mammy's always sad and mammy's always crying. And so I say, right, pull up my socks now, my big girl pants and let's go and do it for them. So Yeah, well, that's so lovely. Yeah. Uh, I know you talk a lot like online about just your, like how you're feeling and your experiences. And like, do you find that that helps? Do you find it, it's hard sometimes that people share their stories with you? Or like, how does the online community that you've built, because it's huge. Like, what have you got, 250,000 more followers? 60, yeah. 60. Yeah. Like, how do you find that affects you living your life and dealing with everything you've gone through? I honestly don't think I would have got through Daniel's passing at that time without the followers because it was such a great support, support system. Yeah. It really was. And then people were sharing their experience with me. And you just, you're sitting in the hospital, I used to be in weeks at a time. And it was so lonely. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking to people going through similar experiences and people that were going through the same thing or had lost or that were much longer down the grief path than I was. Yeah. And it, it really helps. and hope. It, it does give you hope, mm. you know. And I just think people would message me and say, you're really helping me with my grief. So just think as a community, we just helped each other. And mm-hmm. I don't think I would have got through it without them. I really don't. Yeah. And do you have a, like a lot of people in similar situations reaching out to you? Do you yeah. Do you find it hard? Sometimes it can be difficult because it brings you straight back. Yeah, of course. I've you know, heard that your, before, yeah. To your grief, it, it does. It's like triggering almost. It is triggering. Sometimes like there are some accounts that I follow kind of similar to myself that I had to be like, I can't watch because it just upsets me too much, mm-hmm. you know. So there is it that side of it too. You. It does, yeah. Mm. But like I suppose at the same time, it's it's having that support network and having people who've gone through it and have come out the other end and yeah. can give you like advice and just love like you know that's exactly it yeah it's a, it's a lovely little community and my followers are so loyal and just yeah I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have been able to get through it without them I really wouldn't and like you just have the crack online like even though I mean you share your experiences and it's what you've gone through is so sad like it is so sad yeah and heartbreaking but you keep it so like fun and <laughs> like you and your mom do all those videos yeah. and like you're just mad <laughs> we're just messers and we, we like even when Daniel was sick we laughed and his friends used to always come in there could be 10, 15 of us in a room at a time mm. and the nurses used to say we used to say at the nurses station how are they laughing all we hear is laughter walking past and that's just I think how we cope with things we yeah. just we love to laugh and have fun and like life is too short you know mm-hmm. and like Daniel used to always say don't be afraid to laugh and don't be afraid to so yeah 
Yeah, I think that's important too. You definitely haven't lost that. Like you're no. still so much crack. And <laughs> I think I could be on crying one minute and then in the stitches like two minutes later. It's like. so good because like, you know, you're not afraid to show your emotions and you're not afraid to, you know. Yeah, I maybe I should pull back a little bit, but I'm just like, look, it is what it is. No, I love that. I love that. And it's so genuine when you come on. Like I, you'd have me in tears watching you because I just feel, oh, really? I feel so much for you. Like, and you can just tell what you're saying is from the heart, yeah. you know. So yeah, no, fair play for that. I'm sure. Oh. You're helping you. so many people just by being open and honest like yeah. that and showing life can go on and you can yeah. still, you know, remember them. And I know you have like, obviously, for the most part, it's hugely supportive, your network yeah. online. But I know you've experienced the other side of that as well. I have. And I yeah. started kind of early on, like when you were just starting, get just getting used to this. Yeah. Like you started off completely just a normal girl. Yeah. Sharing your interiors and then your account grew, obviously, because of the tragic cir- circumstances yeah. and you're you being open you being yourself people love you for that yeah but like then to deal with that other side you're like wait I haven't done any I don't know why I, I'm, people are attacking me like this yeah how do you deal with that or do you want to even share a little bit of what I happened think I might have been a little bit naive to be honest well, I used to think coming on talking to my phone I was talking to my friends mm. and I would just speak like you said from the heart or how mm. I was feeling like I would with my friends or family mm-hmm. and then I kind of realized very early on so I had my page set up and Daniel passed away three months later. Yeah. So my first, I suppose, real experience, we were in hospital when he was very sick and people were saying, he's not even sick, look at him, he looks Three healthy. months later? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. I know, it, and it, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like that. No. It doesn't feel like he was a part of the page for so long, but he, mm. he wasn't, he passed very mm. soon after. But see, I suppose he didn't look sick until the very, very end of his illness. Mm. So people were saying he's not even sick, she's making it up. He did, in fairness to them, <laughs> he looked healthy. He he looked really well. Um, so well, I, was, I mean, yeah. he was 29. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I was getting a lot of that, you know. And then um, when he died, the the message, you know, oh, I'm delighted that your husband's dead. That was a kind of turning point for me, I think, because I think that's when I realised there's just people out there that are going to send a message to just try mm. and destroy you. Mm. So I think that was when I kind of said, look, take no notice. Like, it's very hard to understand how someone could send something like that. But I mean, it's got to be the minority, right? Like what? Oh, it's very minute. It really is. Like, Would you still get messages like that? A few months ago, I suppose at Christmas, I was talking about the difficulty I have going up to the grave in the cold weather because I know it sounds ridiculous, but I always feel like, I hope he's not cold, mm. you know, like you're you're in the wind and rain. And then you're not comfortable there either. So you're like, yeah. and you want to be enjoying your time there. 100%. Yeah. And then I always feel like, is he cold and is he okay? And I know that he's not there. So I spoke on my stories just saying, I find it difficult to go in the cold, you know, and someone messaged, I said, I know he's not there. And someone messaged and said, he is there. He's being ate by maggots. Like, I know, like, I'm still like, oh, just let it over your head. But things like that, why would you say, and was this a real account or a fake account? Oh, they're for all fake accounts, all fake, you know. Yeah. But uh, that kind of just gets you because I then obviously, I don't want to picture You just don't want to think of I like, don't want to think of no. that, do you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, they can be quite difficult. But like I said, there's just people out there that are trying to be nasty and trying to hurt you. So you just have to take no notice and just keep going. I just don't understand how people would want to do that to somebody like you. I just think it's, it's beyond comprehension. Yeah. Has it ever made you feel like... I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, at the start, like when I was getting the messages, like that person saying, I'm delighted your husband's dead. Obviously, I was very new, like Daniel only passed three months. And this to me was like, 
who would say that? Like what? And at the time I wasn't kind of, I was just thinking like it would be, it was coming from a normal person mm. who was like, like me or you or whatever. But I just think nobody's going to send a message like that. You're only going to send a message like that if you're looking to destroy somebody, I think. It's actually mad when you think about it that social media can enable yeah. that kind of behaviour. Because like, would someone go and drop that into your house? No. Never in a million years. No. Like, like you would never openly say that to somebody's face. No. Yeah, I, I have. Like I'd love to understand the psychology there. Like I would too. I really would. You know, but look, it sounds like you have a good understanding on it and like, you know, like you've built such an amazing audience through your 100% right to not let something like that win. I think it's the fact that now that I can work from home yeah, and I girls. can work around yeah. the girls. I do my, I dropped them to school, I picked them up, mm-hmm. I can do homeworks and dinners and bedtimes. And it's a blessing. It really is because mm-hmm. otherwise, who else would be doing all that if I if I wasn't there? How would you manage it? as like a single parent with three gir- like growing girls? Yeah. Like, you so know, it'd be I very have. hectic. I know your family are amazing, but it would be very hectic. Exactly, yeah. So I'm very grateful and I'll keep going and just people's opinions about me is none of my business and I just have to to keep going. How do they feel about the whole social media thing? They... Because <laughs> they're probably like recognised from it as well. Of course, and we'll be out and someone will ask for a picture or, you know, say something and the girls are like, are you famous, mummy? And I'm like, no. And then they're like, is that your fans? <laughs> they just, they don't really have a concept of it. Yeah. But they love doing the videos or getting involved in different things. But yes, it's a bit mad, I suppose. They yeah. have their little phone and they prop it up and they'll be like, welcome to my channel. I want to be like you. I'm like, oh God, That's what am so I creating? Funny. Yeah. And when, when you do those videos with your mom, do they, do they, you come home, they come home and you're like, yeah. look what we did today. <laughs> Mommy was <laughs> busy at work today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I know you launched your own business last year. Yeah. You know, just in the research of you coming on and everything, I never realised a line is a, it's like a combination. An anagram of, of Daniel's anagram, name. that's the word. Yeah. Of his name. I yeah. It's so nice. I just wanted, I felt like I needed to include him in it and I felt like, what better way to do that than have a lion is Daniel. Yeah. And when I see a lion, I just see Daniel's name. I'm sure he knows how much you love your fashion and yeah. like, <laughs> God, he must have been just looking down and being like, she's doing it. She's, oh, you know. I really hope so. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think he will be proud. Well, I hope I hope so anyway. Have you any future plans for the next drop? Or? We're hoping April again, you, but you know yourself when you put out a date and then oh, it mightn't happen. Stop. But yeah, very soon anyway. Uh, it's a lot harder than what you would. Oh, absolutely. I, I have clue, obviously. And yeah. I launched that November 2021. I don't have a clue what I was getting myself in for. <laughs> you don't realise, sure you don't you're in so it. There's so much oh my God. to it. There's yeah. so much to it. But it's, it's hard work. It's it's like an amazing learning thing, isn't it? It like, is. It's a massive learning curve. And like absolutely. if you can say you've done anything, like something like a true love of yours, like to be to look back and say, I did that one, yeah. you know, off my own back. I did it by myself. Yeah. Like, you know, that's so cool, you know. Yeah. It's so inspiring for your girls watching as well. Like, yeah, you know. well, that, that's it. Like you have these three little people looking up to you. So you want to kind of make good decisions and be a good role model mm-hmm. and I'm trying the best I can. You know, yeah. I don't always do, but, you know, we try and. I know. And you were you were recently named Influencer of the Year. Yeah, the can you believe that? I can't. <laughs> it's mad. Like that word, I don't know, I'll never be fully on board with the word influencer. No, really? I just don't like, I mean, do you feel like an influencer? I mean, I suppose we influence stuff. Look, it is what it I is. Know, I don't really I know. I've been called worse. I'll take influencer. I know, I know. You know, it doesn't really. But, but I just don't think like, I definitely am not an influencer of the year, but I just think comes back to just my followers being so loyal and that's mm, it. Yeah, like and you, you sharing... And like helping people 
and giving people a laugh and <laughs> being like an online friend, I think for a lot of people, like you're just, yeah, you're unreal. So I'm oh. delighted for you and you so deserve it. Oh, thank you. Is that so your third, third year winning it? I won the Newcomer of the Year the first year and then last year I won the Influence of the Year as well, yeah. Oh my God, you're <laughs> killing it. You're a hat trick. hat <laughs> <laughs> trick, yeah. We'll see. So you said the girls like put up their phone and say, welcome to my channel or all yeah. that stuff. <laughs> How would you feel if they were to turn around to you and say, you know what, this is what I want to do. I don't want to go to college. I want to do this. So I, you know, I don't know. I think it's fantastic for me and I'm very grateful for it. Leah's getting to the age now where Leah has her phone. So the girls have phones, but there's no SIM cards in it. They're kind, it's kind yeah. of just like their little laughs, like, like mm. a tablet, say. Mm. But Leah has, has a phone now. She got one for her birthday and some of her friends are on Instagram and she's saying, can I have an Instagram account? And I'm like, no. And she's like, Why? Is Instagram still what they're using at that age? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Great. Some, That's all we want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> making me feel very old. Um, but it, it worries me because I'm afraid that if someone might take a dislike into me that they might project it onto her. And I know... Well, yeah, I mean, okay, that makes sense. Like yeah. when I got into Instagram, I was very naive, like I said earlier, and I feel like it would kill me to think that she would get a message like I got. Like and it's it's nothing. It's not a reflection on you. It's just the fact that when you have two hundred and sixty thousand people there, there might be one person in there that's yeah, I exactly. Don't know, and you a bit just funny, you, you know? don't know. And then I feel like with kids that age, and if they're getting bullied online, or if yeah. someone says something, you don't know what effect it's going to have on uh -huh. them. And I would worry so much. So mm -hmm. I think it would be great in a sense, but also I would be terrified for them because I know. Look, the positives outweigh the negatives a million times mm. over. But I wouldn't like to think my kids have would get messages that I've got. I would hate to, for them to mm. read, your daddy's getting it by maggots. I'm delighted your daddy's dead. Like if they were yeah. to read that or hear that, that would absolutely break my heart. So, I mean, I suppose it's a, you weigh up like it would be great. But then also, no, I want to keep them safe. You want to protect them. 100%. But I'm sure you're not the only parent like that either. Like, you know like social media is mad and everybody knows that and I think until maybe it's a little bit more regulated maybe parents are right to protect their kids you yeah. know cause and I think like social media and on, on like even if they weren't going to be an influencer or a blogger or whatever what word you wanted to use mm. I think I worry about labeling on social media anyway mm. you know because it's just so worrying for kids nowadays to be on social media yes. so because they can't if something happens at school yeah. they can't escape it you know exactly. that kind of way yeah you yeah. do anything, everyone's recording everything now. Mm -hmm. And so there is the upsides and there's the downsides. Yeah, I suppose. no, totally. Um, sorry, and I hope this isn't like a hard question for you, but how does it feel like going through all these amazing things, launching the business, winning these awards, you know, having these new experiences? I know you got a dog. Yeah, a dog. we got a dog, we yeah. got Teddy, yeah. How does it feel going through that without him? And I know that's a very hard question. Yeah, it is difficult. Like, and I... I always feel, I wonder what he think of this. And I wonder, you know, because amazing things are happening in my life and I don't get to share them with him. You know, I don't get to, when the kids go to bed, sit down and say, what do you think about this? And like, mm. when I do something really exciting, the first person I want to ring is him and I can't. Mm. You know, like I I have to go and sit at a, as headstone to share things with him and that's difficult. Mm. But it is what it is. I just have to keep keep going Um you know, like I said, family's amazing and I can share it with them, but I'd love to pick up the phone and I'd love to just, I'd love to just tell him everything and just, mm -hmm. or see what he thinks about everything. Because I know he's he's passed three years, but I'd, so much has happened in, in that short 
amount of time that I'd love to just see what he get his thoughts and just share it all with him. I know. Have you ever like gone to a medium or anything like that? I have actually. Have you? Yeah. Um, and I get great comfort from them. Um, How often would you go? I've went twice. Did you find them good? I did find them really good. Yeah. They told me things that nobody ever knew. I told Daniel when he was sick that I would go. And he said, Daniel was a bit of a, he didn't really believe. And he said, all right, so I'll tell you a word. And if the medium says that to you, then you know that that's well, me. actually have goosebumps. And she said that word to me. No way. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. So I got great comfort from it and just keeps me going. And I realised right, I'm on the right path. Well, I, I do believe in that stuff. And not so much that I think everything that they say is going to be true, but more from like the comfort that it gives and like the guidance that you can get from it. Like, you know, it's the same as... It's the same as any of those kind of self-help books. You take from them what you want to take, yeah, you know. and 100%. But also, sorry, if, if they're saying exact words to you, that, that's <laughs> quite different. He was like, that's never going to happen. Keep this word. And then she said, it, well, when I burst out into tears in the chair. Yeah, amazing. Oh my God, wow. Yeah. I know you um, just mentioned there, like, you know, in the evening when you're finished after a busy day of doing all your bits and achieving amazing things <laughs> and like, you just sit down in the evening like that must be so difficult for you and I've heard, I've heard you talk about this before in your yeah. stories and this is something that I, I would I know that I would find really hard as well yeah how do you manage that like do you do you go over to your family or like what do you do when the girls go to bed it's very lonely like mm. I hate I hate saying it because my ma always says I hate looking at your stories when you're saying that and she might have been with me all day and then I feel real guilty when I come on and speak about how lonely I am in the evenings because my family are there and they mm. try and stay all day and they can't all the time. Yeah. Um, and then my friends and stuff are fantastic. But when everybody goes home and my girls go to bed and I'm in the house on my own and it's so quiet mm. and I'd love to just even to watch our series that we would watch or just to have a cup of tea and a chat. Mm-hmm. No, I know. You I just, know. you're sitting on your own. I wouldn't even, like, I'm used to watching TV. I just want to talk about what's going on or ask yeah. questions because I'm like, don't pay attention half the time yeah. I'm just on my phone. <laughs> but I totally understand what you're, what you're saying. So that. normally I'm like, right, I'm going to scrub the scanner boards. <laughs> Two mm. o'clock in the morning. I wish night. that was my solution. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, right, I just keep going. I'll just you know, maybe prep for tomorrow or I'll do, you know, and just try and keep keep busy mm-hmm. I suppose because it is I'm, I'm not a fan of my own company I have to say no. I just it gets very lonely but, but it has only been three years like which yeah. actually sounds like it is a long time but it's not that long I suppose when you consider the ages that the girls are at how busy you've been in that time yeah. you know yeah and the older that the girls are getting they need me less and less you know really? they're like no mommy mama we're okay so I'm kind of left I'm like we used to love our movie nights but the girls are like um, no I think I'm just going to go down here and do this and I'm like oh how old is Hannah now? Hannah's six. She's nearly seven. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. I know. She was three when Daniel passed. Wow. And I was oh just like, now they're all like proper little people and they just don't want to sit with me anymore. Oh. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, you go on and do your own thing. And you have the dog now as well. See, the dog's my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I have him in the evenings and he, I didn't want him in the bed, but he's in the bed. Like, yeah. let's just be honest. Oh, I have yeah. him in the bed. And 100%. Just, That's what they're, they're, they're the cuddliest things ever. Yeah. So he's, he's a cockpoo, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah. We have a cockpoo at home. Oh, go away. Best. He's just the best company. He just yeah. follows me everywhere. He's like my new baby. How's the training going? <laughs> Going good. He, okay. he no more accidents in the good, house and good. stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, that's why he's in the bed now. But yeah, amazing. He was our little savior. I think I got him initially for the kids because they've been asking for years, and I was like, right, maybe it's time now because 
I think they it could be good for them. Mm. The dog has helped me more than has oh, it anybody. Oh, it's spirit. Yeah. I don't know what we do without a dog at home. I don't know what we talk about. Yeah. I don't know what we, do you know? Like, <laughs> Honestly, God. It's like a little baby almost. Such a good distraction, like a happy distraction. It really is, know? yeah. So, yeah, I'm delighted now with him. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what you were like as a couple? Because I know we know you most for what you were like afterwards, I guess. Yeah. What was he like as a person and what were you like together? Um, we were just messers, really. Mm. Um, always play, playing practical jokes. I've shared a few on my stories. Um, me maybe sticking the dandelion in his mouth um, when I was asking him to blow it out. I was like, blow out this dandelion. <laughs> he was like, <gasps> I just shoved it in his mouth. Always kind of just messing and joking around. Um, he, he was six foot four and he was a big man. And he was like a gentle giant. Mm. He was known as, he was just so kind and caring. Um, we used to just have a laugh. Um, he was a fantastic father. Um, I, I always said he was a great husband. But as a father, you know, you just mm. watch somebody and you don't think you can love them anymore. And then you see them with these three I little people. I see people say that online. Oh, my God. Like he just, the girls were his whole life. We just had fun, you know, and just... Three girls as well. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> All he wanted was a boy to play football with. And oh. then he got the girls into the football. But he was besotted. He was like, I'd love to have a boy. And then when them girls were born, oh, my God, his whole world. Mm. Like, really. Yeah, so he was just a girl dad and just yeah. loved every minute of it. Yeah. How did he propose to you? Oh, God. We were living in a mobile home at the time. No way, where? Yeah, so... Um, out my mother and father's back garden, actually. So oh we said God. we were going to save for a mortgage. Mm -hmm. We got the we got the mobile, and then I found out I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And it was really bad frost the year that we had Leah. Um, I think it was twenty ten. Yeah, I remember that year. It was freezing. Yeah, yeah, and all the pipes froze, and then mm -hmm. burst everywhere. So flooded the mobile. So we had to move up into my parents' house. He wanted to propose. He said Christmas morning. But he was too like embarrassed or shy to do it in front of like everybody. So he rang me out for dinner on Christmas Eve and he was a nervous wreck. I'd love him. I didn't know what was wrong with him. And he we were having dinner anyway and he hands me this box. So I opened the box and mm -hmm. then there's a smaller box. And then I like and you the box. I had no a clue. Like I had no idea. Like the box was big enough and there was another box and then another box. And I was like, what is this? So then in the end of the box was a little like envelope wrapped up in like a ribbon thing and I said to myself he is after getting me Liverpool tickets for Christmas <laughs> for him I here's me thinking wait like a him now <laughs> and I opened it up and when I opened up the envelope it was like will you marry me and when I looked at him he was like there with the box open and the ring and I burst out crying I was like are you sure you want to marry me <laughs> mm. and uh, he said yeah and, and that was it Oh my god! And yeah. You got you got married what the next year? Next year, yeah. Where did you get married? We got married in Spain. We got married in oh. Bella Medina. Oh, fun. Yeah, the following year, Leah was was she one one and a half? Oh, we got married. Yeah, God, that feels like a lifetime ago now. Eleven, eleven years or ten yeah, years. Yeah, it'd be eleven years in June. Oh my god! Eleven years in June. Wow, makes me feel so old. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. You did travel then, you've done, you went, like, you know, you've done your holidays with the girls. Yeah, we did our holidays and stuff like that and we did, we fit in so much, you know, I suppose. Like, um, I think, to, I actually didn't know it was 29 that he was, like, that's so young. I know. And then, like, to think of the lives he had before that, like, yeah. like I'm 30 and I, I have, you know, I'm like, I feel like I haven't done a quarter of what <laughs> you've done, you know. Not at all. I just think... We had Leah so young, it kind of pushed us on to, okay, we need a house now mm, and we can't mm -hmm. be renting and we need to, so we say the mortgage. Beautiful. 
Yeah, well, we were lucky even to get that finished, you mm. know, when I think back. You were just moving in, weren't you? We sold our house and Daniel was diagnosed like two months later. Oh. So we were homeless, basically. Like we, we moved into his mother and father's and we were going to start building our house. Mm. So then we were like, OK, we're in your man, dad. You're after being diagnosed with stage four cancer. They're telling us you're going to die. You, you don't know how long you've left. We have no home. What do we do? Mm. And the stress of that alone, everyone came together and we got Daniel into the house and we lit, We didn't think we, we'd get him in. Like he nearly died a couple of times. Um, he took reaction to chemo. He nearly died. He'd septicemia. There was loads of different things that he, he nearly died in the, during the 18 months. And he got into the house and he lived in the house for three months before he passed away. That's so nice, yeah. very, very grateful that he got in because I think we planned the house together. Yeah. And then it would kill me if he never got to live in the house. I know mm -hmm. it was still a short time, but I would have taken a week. Mm -hmm. Like if he lived in the house for a week, I would have been happy with you that. You can call it your house. It was our house. And yeah. we have memories in the house. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like finding out stage four cancer? Like I'm sure you probably hadn't heard so much about it. Didn't know. Well, can you recover from that? Like, you know, what? You know, going back to total naive, going, you don't know what questions to ask. Mm. You know, we I remember going in and his parents came up with us and the four of us went into a room and he was like, have you any questions? Like Daniel has cancer and whatever. And I asked, was it treatable? I meant, is he going to die? Like, can you cure him? Is mm -hmm. what I meant. Mm -hmm. But I said, is it treatable? And he said, oh yeah, he's going to start chemo. So we left that meeting thinking oh, he's yeah. going to survive this. He's going to have to get chemotherapy. He'll probably lose so his So young, yeah. Yeah, but he'll be fine. So we had to go up the following week and they said, you'll, you'll get all the rest of your details and you get your plan for chemo and stuff. So his man and dad said, sure, you go up with Daniel. You're only getting your treatment plan and you can come home. So I will never forget we walked in and we sat down and she said to us, OK, do you want me to be brutally honest? And we were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, and she was like, OK, you've got stage four cancer, probably have two to five years to live, probably not even. And I swear to God, Louise, it was like, I was hit by a truck. I went into that thinking, we're going. He's going to have chemo maybe for a little while. He's going to be fine. Was he as shocked as you were? No, I, I, you know, I, I think he went into a state of shock. Maybe he just sat there looking. I burst out crying. He was holding my hand, and I was sobbing. And I, I, he was like, "It's okay, it's okay." And I was like, "How is it okay? You're going to die. Like, how do you mean it's okay? It's not okay." How does that even feel real? It and you know, then you know what, like. She spoke to us for a little bit and then she, got, I never forget, she handed him this like little freezer bag and then she was like, can you just go down the hall there and just go, go and get bloods and then you can head home. And I'm like, what? You're after turning our whole world upside down and you like expect us to go and just get bloods and go home. I couldn't, couldn't wrap my head around it. I was just like, what? We walked out. You'd think there would be like, right, this is what you need to, like a a guide almost this is what you need to yeah. do now like you know it was just kind of like obviously you just leave the norm for them you know they're yeah. obviously giving bad news all the time and I remember we went down and he went in for bloods and I was sitting there and I couldn't believe it and I was I rang my ma and there was a man and two women sitting across from me in the waiting room and I rang my ma to tell her and I remember just saying he's he's going to die and I was crying so much I couldn't get I couldn't get the word I thought I was speaking but I she couldn't understand a word I was saying and the two women across came over to me and they were like, we're so sorry, we don't even know you. And they, they hugged me and I, I put my phone down. I cried in their arms and he came back. I just, I couldn't. I was like, what? And then we just had to drive home like it was nothing. I just, 
I think back now, I was actually, can't believe some of the things that we went through or that, how did we go through it or how did we get through it all? Do you know, when I, when I think back, I just don't know. Like, it's like stuff, stuff you hear about or you see in movies, yeah. you never think something like that is going to happen in your family. You never do. And then it's like, well, what point does that feel real for you? Yeah. It's just, like, when I think back and how strong he was through the whole thing, you know, he, he was incredible and he was so brave and he was so practical. Like, he was like, right, we need to now make boxes for the girls. We need to leave them cards and I need to do this and we need to do this and that house needs to be built. And I think... He left little boxes for the girls. Yeah, little boxes and cards and, you know, just for their wedding day, for oh, when they turn teenagers, which Leah would be getting her first card her next birthday, 13. Um, yeah, just all stuff like that, just to... It must be like nice for you to see that stuff as well when it comes. Do you know, yeah. it is and it isn't because I remember going and we got these teddy bears done for the girls with Daniel's vice in them. You know, and he was just telling them how much he loved them and how proud he was of them. And I thought this was going to be a great idea. Now, I did wait a few years before, maybe two years before I get, I couldn't, I couldn't get the strength to give them to the girls until then. And I swear I'm in the house and they'll press it and I'll just hear his voice out of nowhere. And it, it lifts me over and I don't, I actually don't like it. Because mm. I'm just like, you just hear him. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I could be peeling potatoes and then the next minute I hear him talking mm. and it takes the heart out of mm. me and so but they they love them yeah you know and it's, it's great for them but yes it's a constant balance isn't it of like yeah. remembering someone and then it's so hard and yeah. yeah wanting to hear their advice and then can't hear their advice and then yeah do you have dreams yeah and you know I would love to dream more mm. about them because it feels so re- everything feels they so feel real. so real yeah. but then do you know what it is you wake up mm. And then it's like losing them all over again. And you want to go back to sleep just to be with them. You're so annoyed at yourself for waking up. Like, yeah, 100%. You know. Yeah, so it kind of brings it all back again. Oh. Yeah, it's cruel, isn't it? It's just, it's constant. Yeah, but you've done, you're doing so well. Oh, thank you. And you have so much like, I know when you lose someone, everyone says, keep busy and, you know, that kind of thing. And like, geez, you're keeping busy. Like, you were yeah. so busy, you know. <laughs> so, so that's busy. one thing you're you're doing what they tell you to do. I like to be busy, but then... I suppose as well when you have your days, I think it's not a bad thing to just sit with your grief and sit with, you know, some my followers sometimes say, you need to take a break, you need to just like yeah. relax a minute mm-hmm. and I think I've learned to be like, okay, my, my go-to is my bath. Yeah. If I'm having a rough day, the, when I put the girls to bed, right, I'm like, right, I'm going to run myself a bath. I could stay in there for hours so I'll just mm. let the cold water out and top it back up again and I'll just sit and that's like, my and I, I've learned that it's okay. I Sometimes I feel like because three years have passed and people are, some people can be like, I get over it now, like it's been three years, you know, and then I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be still so sad. So I kind of feel like, oh, I'm just having a bad, I feel like I'm justifying my grief. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas like I should be, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I can sit with my grief and I'm allowed to be sad. And I've. Mm. I know there's all these theories though for how long grief lasts or when grief hits you. And I presume it's just so different for everybody, you know, based on the circumstances yeah. and you just have I to. I remember saying to my mom, I remember saying, I can't wait to be a year in when Daniel just passed. And she was like, why? And I was like, so I just don't want to feel this way anymore. I, I, I don't know why I thought after a certain amount of time would pass, I'd be fine. Mm. Like, it would be like, okay, my husband passed away, but like, I'm all right now. But that's not the case. I think I will live with my grief for the rest of my life. I just have to learn to live with it now. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's part of me and I don't think I'll ever be the same person I was before Daniel died. Like, mm. it's definitely changed me as a person you will grieve for a person for the rest of your life. You just have to learn to live with it. Mm-hmm. And that's 
what I'm trying to do. Yeah, you're doing a great job. But well, Thank you. And what's next? What's next in the cards for you? What's new in for the rest of the year with you? I try not to look too far into, you know, what's what's coming up. I try and just live each day because, like, God, we used to say, like, um, oh, our mortgage will be paid off when we're 39 and that's when we're going to start living and we're going to start travelling and we're going to do this. And when I'm 39, Daniel will be 10 years dead. So now I'm like, right, take each day as it comes mm-hmm. and we'll just, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm healthy, the girls are healthy. After that, each day, like making memories with them, that's all is on my agenda. That's amazing. That's where your priorities are where they should be. And yeah. Like I think looking at, at stories like yours, it really reminds you and puts things into perspective, like how quickly things can change. Oh, you know? in a heartbeat. Like the rug can be pulled from underneath your feet and your whole life can be turned upside down in a matter of seconds. And I'll never, ever take that for granted ever again. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so open. That is the, the name of the podcast is Open Book and you've been yeah. exactly that today. But I was just wondering. Yeah. You have so many like amazing stories to tell and you're so good at telling them. And there's so many people who would learn a lot from you and get a lot of hope, I think, from from your story. Would you ever consider writing a book? Do you know, it's something I'm always asked. Um, and, you know, I would never say never. Mm. Um, I suppose I probably would consider it maybe down the line. I think there's so much people assume that I come on and I just tell everything. But there's so much that people don't actually know. Of course. Um, so, I, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. So let's say never say never. Even when I was putting this together, like just getting my notes together and yeah. like obviously I know you and I've met you like yeah. several times and I, I follow you, but there's still bits that I didn't know that I missed or, you know. Yeah. So like in a way doing something like this is nice because, you know, you can piece the pieces together for people a little bit clearer. Yeah. Do you know, and that maybe that would be a nice thing about a book start to finish. Even though, how could you ever include everything? You'd never be able <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, you'd never be able to fit it all in. But yeah, I definitely think maybe it'd be something down the line that I yeah. I definitely wouldn't rule it out anyway. Yeah, Watch this face. <laughs> I, I, will, I will be buying it. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I just Thank can't wait so to much. see everything else that you have yeah. that's going to happen over the next couple of years because I know good things are coming your way, you know. Oh, thanks so much, Louise. Thanks for having me. I hope you got something out of that chat with Rachel. I really appreciate how open and honest she was. I know... I certainly got a lot from it. You can listen back to more great episodes of Open Book on the Go Loud app or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a new episode out each Wednesday, but if you can't wait, check out the bonus episode on Monday.